I don't want to ruin. I don't want to ruin his his secret, but I'm pretty sure half time of the senior games, he's checking his tips to see the, oh, the no. first no. couple. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Two's in the books and W in the column for the first time this year for the seniors. Welcome to the Nodcast as always. I'm Steve Mann, joined by Sam Deegan. Deegs, how are you, mate? Uh, I'm a little bit nervous this week, Steve, <laughs> uh, just with our special guest. Um, yeah, we'll see how this pans out. But this bloke, I don't think he's too happy with me at the moment. But yeah, good to be here. We, uh, we, we deal with confrontation head on on this podcast and um, the other co-host, of course, as always, and this week, the big 200-gamer, senior captain, Rob Mann. Welcome, Rob. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Sammy. Very looking forward to how this one's going to play out. I'm uh, going to sit back and observe this one. It's, it, there's been a lot of build-up. There's been a lot of tension, and I'm interested to see how each other handle it. Deegs, uh, we might let you introduce our special guest today, because I think you've got a special place in his heart, and uh, and, and you've you've... You had a fair bit to say about him this year already, so it only sounds fair that you continue that. Yeah, well, when you guys wanted to get him on, I was a bit unsure because um, I did have a bit to say and may have mozzed his hamstring a little bit. Um, when well, I it wasn't just us that wanted him. It was the people. The club was demanding it. it. Yeah, well, that's true. Um, yeah, but we've got, we've got Alex Pileski on this week. Uh, Looks to be in a wheelchair of some sort, or <laughs> the hammies are getting nice at the moment. I don't know. He's, he, I thought he was, uh, he was making a bit of a quick return to the park, and I, unfortunately, proved to be right. And he didn't look at me all, all week at training and on Thursday night. And um, yeah, we'll see how this one goes. So how you going, Alex? Are you, are you talking to me tonight, or what's the go? Oh, I guess I kind of have to tonight. Yeah, we're doing all right though. It's 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 getting there, the hammy. It's um, yeah, it's still a little sore, but you know, we'll see how we go. Did you? Let's just start with the obvious question. Did you rip it off the bone in the practice match? <laughs> no, no, it was only a grade one tear. I think um, I think yeah, you know, the first time I've ever done it, done a muscle injury. So I was a little bit over overreacted a little bit, and uh, it what made was it interesting. Run. It was interesting at. Um, kill kind of bass that day because it was actually a veteran of the Vietnam War there. He said he hadn't seen someone go down like that <laughs> since the forests of <laughs> Vietnam. Yeah, no, it's it's a little embarrassing looking back on it now. Um, yeah, I guess the second time I did it, like last week, uh, wasn't wasn't a, wasn't the same reaction to it. I can promise you that much. It was more of a disappointment with myself, but. Definitely didn't pull up, pull up. Look, I like I've been shot. So, is it, is it a great true? ones here again? Yeah, just it? um, it's actually it's actually an interesting one. I've I've torn a different muscle in the hamstring, so but the um, I haven't re-injured the same same one. So yeah, yeah. For those who don't know, the hamstring split up into three muscles. I've actually torn a different one. From what we hear, though, when you injured the hamstring the first time down at Kilcunda, that you actually asked for the dressing gown as your item of choice while you sat on the boundary line. Is that true? I don't really, I don't remember going back to the boundary line, to be honest with you. I'm pretty sure I got straight in the car and left, put the, yeah. put the ice on the hammy and then uh, got, got in the car and said, I'm done, I'm going home. 
She so didn't see the end of the game. That's um, that's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. That hasn't happened since um, Aaron Holmes used to do it every second week when he roll yeah. an ankle. The old Aaron Holmes just, I'll leave the keys in the ignition as I run in to play footy just in case I want to make a quick escape after the warm-up. In my defense, you know, we were up we were up hundred points at half time by the time by the time I'd done it, so it wasn't really much to see. And did you go for a snag, little drive through snag on the way out? Just No, I was actually I was actually too upset to eat. <laughs> rare, rare for me. <laughs> rare for me. That's so a... I just told, told dad to go straight home. <laughs> That's a long road trip back too. It's a pretty lonely car ride with a with a torn hammy. So Alex, just before we move off old Kukunda Bass, I reckon you would have a rare, rare record of having been one of the only people I've seen to play a total of about three quarters and somehow play in two separate one hundred point wins on the same day. Yeah, it was, um, it was pretty fun to pretty fun to play that first game. And at, you know, at the start of the day, I'd gone in there thinking I was only going to play one quarter of the nineteen's game. And then help the resis out, and I got there and uh, and told that the resis didn't need me anymore, only to find out that after I'd played the nine ends game, they could have used the extra player. So I ended up playing both games and had a bit of fun doing it. How do you tear your hamstring when you don't get out of first gear? So you're obviously cruising around; it's 100 points up halfway through the second quarter. How does it go in that circumstance? A bit of fatigue, I reckon. I hadn't done much running, hadn't done much running lately, so. Bit of fatigue, I reckon. It's had enough of me and said, no, nah, no, nah, I'm done. I called it a day on me. It was a pretty pretty good round, round two for the Nodders right across the board. A couple of losses, but for the most part, a few of the teams start to be hitting form. We might jump into the reviews. And Alex, you can probably start us off with the team that's just absolutely setting the world on fire at the moment. Our under nineteens, yeah. two weeks in, we've... We've done the 200-pointer in round one and then we've come up against some beads, Mentone Tigers, who are usually a pretty handy opposition and just 10-goal win over them, 13-13-91 to 4-6-30. Pretty happy with how the boys are travelling? Yeah, no, they've been they've been moving really, really well. So um, the, the game was a really good physical contest, I've been told. And, uh, yeah, so they, they won, what, 200 points almost, was it last 100 points or whatever it was last week? And this week they've cruised to another pretty good victory. So, um, yeah, the the midfield were apparently real aggressive. The forward line, every time it went in there, they looked dangerous again. And it was a consistent four-quarter effort from the boys. Jackie Casper's kicked another three just to go with his big haul from last week. He started the season pretty well. Are you a bit worried about a lot of space for you to get into that forward line when your hamstring finally comes good? It's definitely going to be tough. They've got you know, very, very good forward line. Those those boys, they're all um, they're all pretty fit boys. So it'll be definitely difficult to crack into that side. But I hear that Jackie Caspers he's kicked a you know kicked a bag of eight and and now a three. But I heard that there was he shanked a couple on the weekend as well. Is that true? He's got a bit of a Kieran McKeo style kicking action in front of goal. <laughs> oh no, is that correct? Yeah, definitely wouldn't surprise me. Um, he kicked what I think he kicked zero goals five or six in the practice match against Aquinas back at Whitefriars. So definitely wouldn't surprise me to hear he shanked a few more on the weekend. He's he, he's a he's a magnet, mate. Every time the ball goes into the fifty, his his hands are like gloves. They uh, stick real well. So sticky Jukes, but a bit of a shank on him. Yeah. You're more you're more of a footy purist, aren't you, Alex? You you sort of go back and pretty sure of yourself in front of goals. Yeah, definitely. Take me time. That's that's one thing. I, that's one thing I know. I've got to take my time. They do. They and, do call him Fev for a reason, Rob. Yeah. He's got a pretty nice action, same as uh, 
Brendan Favola back in the day? I thought the Fev was for his performance at the functions rather than in front of goals. No, no, that's um, the Fev's actually uh, that was given to me by Max O'Driscoll. Yeah, he's um, he he was the first one to pin it. That was back at school footy when I was playing Dolphins footy under Tim Ford. I, so uh, Dolphins kicked- footy for our listeners who aren't aware, that's the that's the name we've given to our second eighteen at Mazenod. Um, it's had a proud history over the last few years, and Alex being a a graduate of the Dolphin program. Um, we're very fortunate to have. Best uh, and fairest, actually. My apologies, best and fairest. Not just, <laughs> not just a, a graduate of the academy, but a best and fairest winner. So very fortunate to have him in the, uh, the 192s at the moment. Uh, so speaking of the 192s, move on to their game. Yeah, so they got done. Admirable loss. Went down to De La Salle. 811.59 Steeler 39.87. So thereabouts again, but just didn't quite get the job done. How'd you see that one? Oh, I don't think they were thereabouts in round one. I think they got touched up by about 100 points. So <laughs> good to see they improved in round two. Yeah, you've got to, it's all about plus. perspective. When you've, when you, the 19s, ones have won by 200 points. 100 point losses, not that bad. <laughs> think it'd be the other way around but yeah this week they were a lot better so we were there I was there watching the game um helping out on the sideline they were, they were heaps better this week they um they started off slow you know dare I kicked the first four of the game but we kicked our way back into it just to be overrun in the last quarter so it was um it was a really you know tough performance from the young from the young lads any so, any players that sort of popped up that you caught your eye yeah young Geordie Lyons he kicked kicked two goals from the midfield had had a solid 25, 30 touches. He was really, really good once they, um, once they chucked him on the ball. Okay. And, uh, Damien Sherlock likes to listen to this podcast, so he's probably heard that. He'll be he'll be in the ones this week. <laughs> well, if, if, yeah. if Damien Sherlock is listening to this podcast, then sorry, this is referring to the ones again. But that arrogance we touched on last week has continued because they've again refused to name the best players. <laughs> it's just he, he's, he's clearly trying to put some sort of cloak of invisibility across his team so no one knows what's going on. But... When you win by 100 points every week, it doesn't it's not that hidden? I reckon people have a, have a sense that you're doing okay. Yeah, the, so the 192s, I reckon, you know, give us a bit of time to gel. One thing we definitely, I think the boys definitely looking forward to is the water carriers back because I reckon we had about four or five blokes at the end of the game going down with cramps. So yeah. we are, yeah, finished another game with 17 people on the field. So I reckon, you need I reckon pickle juice. I'm not yeah, sure if you've a... seen the AFL statement this week, but pickle juice has been banned from being spat out on the on the AFL turf because of the burns it's resulting on the grass. But ammo's <laughs> way to go, I reckon. There we go. <laughs> Got to get a team supply of pickle juice into the into the black team. Surely that's if part they... of your pre-game routine, Deeks. Oh, I've heard that pickle juice tastes revolting, so I'll, I'll st- I'd rather the cramp. I reckon. Or, or maybe go the maybe go the big back on the way through and get the pickles that way. Oh, it, oh, we've finally it's taken a global <laughs> pandemic for us to get beautiful ovals to play on. Because we've had a year and a half of the ovals just getting cheddar up and you want to ruin them with pickle juice acids just tearing <laughs> up the grass. Just a bit of respect for the botany. Just on that on the blacks game, I think I don't like to toot my own horn, but I reckon I made a stroke of brilliance um, sitting at the coach in the coach's box on Saturday. Brock Brock has asked us for you know he's, he said this this number thirty nine he's killing us he's tearing us apart. I reckon he had thirty touches at half time. He wanted a tagger, so 
I found young Dan McCusker. I said, sit on him. He had one touch for the rest of the game. So I reckon um, I reckon my, my stroke of brilliance stopped stopped that flow in that third quarter. And then <laughs> and then poor Dan was one of the recipients of the, of the uh, good old cramp. Didn't Took Norm Smith again. retire about age 20 to become a coach? Could be onto something here. He went down <laughs> with a hamstring about round one and was coached by round five. So maybe that could be you. That's not the first time a Pulaski's grabbing the board mid-game, I reckon. Franny Pulaski <laughs> loves doing that most weeks, I reckon. <laughs> does Franny have the, does... Is Franny playing at the time? Yeah, Franny's playing at the time. Uh, calls for the runner. No yeah, way. Sure. You can't be doing that. <laughs> get, get, get it out on the... Uh, get out the, on the board field, is yeah. sacrosanct. The player <laughs> cannot touch the board between well, we were first talking about this a couple of years ago. Uh, sorry, we are talking about this on the weekend about a game a couple of years ago where... Uh, I think it was Poltz, Wayne Poulter and Steve Ballack just gave up at half time and threw the board over to Franny. And, uh, oh, Daniel yeah. I, I, I think I played that day. That you was, played uh, that day? I think so. I think I know the one. Either I played or... And they made a few I moves and I think Poltz, got the job done, didn't you? Um, it, was, it, was, it was at Monash and yeah, Monash. it was half time and just getting absolutely smashed and they just said, no, we're done. And then... The twos came storming back and lost by about a goal. It's like, well, it obviously works because around in the second half, yeah. Stevie Ballick since been promoted to the senior coaching ranks, being the the line coach in the forward line. So that's that inventive sort of coaching that yeah, maybe stroke of brilliance. Yeah, Pulse is basically running the police force, so everyone's just <laughs> on the up. And Brady Pulesh is now a VP at the football club, so everyone came out of that one well. Um, speaking of well, I think. To your point earlier, Alex, great effort by uh, your man, Dan McCusker, and also great effort by yourself to give yourself a big pat on the back in a game you didn't even play in. So <laughs> big fan of that. The other thing I'm just interested in your take on is young Nick Pileshi. How's he travelling at the moment? Very well. Um, yeah, I don't like to talk about my brother, but he's been very he good. currently been- sitting on the top bunk above you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're lucky enough to have a bedroom each, so... But uh, he's um yeah he's been very good. He's been an undersized fullback. He's been he's been working his heart off. Um, so yeah, like, full props to him. I've heard that he um his main focus in each game is to just hurt as many kids as possible. Just run around and beat them up. And he's a couple <laughs> of years younger too, isn't he? Is that true? Yeah, he's he's only seventeen and loves to loves to sit a sit a bloke down occasionally. Probably more more than once a quarter. Yeah, (laughs) and probably yeah, but yeah, you see him sometimes, and he runs, you know, eyes eyes for the man rather than the player, and he'll go straight through. (laughs) So for our for our listeners that haven't seen Nick Poleski, so he's a he's currently year twelve at Mazenod and playing on the nineteens. Obviously, this is a not a visual medium. So to describe him, he'd be like a not a young Butch, but an old Butch. So Butchy at about age fifty is pretty thick set. Um, and picture Butchie roaming around a, a Mr. Mazinod function at about 2 a.m. Look, looking for anything that he can get to, uh, you know, knock someone out or um, throw his weight around. So he's that type of, he's that type of operator. Just on Butchie. I, I saw him on the weekend, Rob, and I don't think he's very happy with you. You brought him up. 
It's three weeks in a row now, mate. I reckon you've just got to be careful. It's a real hard tag. Rob's so, got a butch early in the podcast yeah. season, isn't it? Dangerous we're, game. Yeah, we'll have him on next week and we'll, we'll be all fine. <laughs> I reckon, uh, yeah. That's I, how we I settle our rivalries. Uh, I saw Butchie on the weekend too, and he, he walked straight past me. I did cop a little clip. I'm not, oh, I thought it was just <laughs> him being Butchie, but um, yeah, maybe there was a bit more to it. I've got to extend the olive branch. Well, he threatened me. Because he didn't know where you were, so uh, <laughs> I said, "I got nothing to do with this, mate. This is all Rob. Uh, take it up with him." That's no, good. I like it. It's a consistent theme, and you've got to uh, you've got to have consistency in the podcast medium. So it's good. Good start to the year. Uh, moving on to our next swathe of games, and the women who set the standard for us week one, and they've gone and done it again week two. Deeds pretty exciting start to the season for the girls. The the ones getting the job 9-10-64 to Richmond Central 1-1-7. And the big twilight came down at Richmond Central. Kevin Bartlett Reserve, pretty exciting to play under lights and a great win for the girls. Yeah, I made my way down this week, so I can actually give a proper report. Um, don't have to go to the sources, but they literally smashed them. The class above Richmond Central. Um, it was also good to see all the all the boys get down there. There was a big, big crowd of Masnod. Boys and girls are down watching, and yeah, it was a great crowd. Yeah, they watched a pretty, pretty decent game um, that the girls put on. The two girls in particular, Adele Curley and Annalise Vine, who has come down from a from a VFL team, just dominated. Both kicking two ripper goals each, um, and then Aaron Bunter won the the captain's award, which was given uh, by the other team. So, yeah, they they. Uh, Smashed them really, um, and then you've got you also got a couple of girls, Nicola Piggott and Abby Walton, down in the back line. Just you know, for the couple of times that Richmond did get the ball up there, it was just coming straight back out. Bit of frostbite, well, I heard. <laughs> a little bit. Well, Nicola Piggott was in the wars because she had about I don't know fifty kilos of tape on her by the end of the game. So she, um, <laughs> yeah, she's getting her money's worth in the tape department. That's for sure. Brad Kovac sort of set up. Yeah, there's a few there's a few people that like the tape. I don't know, maybe she uh, maybe she just wants it for the look. You know, you 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 look like a better player when you got the shoulders strapped, don't you? Juddy style. Absolutely. You definitely do. I saw uh, I saw Charlotte Skinner first game of the year bobbed up with two goals as well, which is pretty exciting. And maybe even better, Lara Del Conte didn't kick any, and we still piled on nine goals. So there's a lot of upside to come as well. Yeah, they're just a bit too slick. Maybe throwing the magnets around, um, giving people a few, a few opportunities to kick a couple of goals. It was like a great it. atmosphere down there. It was a, it was electric night footy. Yellow ball zipping around in, in Richmond, and few of the supporters of the club uses a bit of a launch pad for their night out. The Richmond Central Snake Pit was a bit of money tipped over the bar with the being a Saturday night in Richmond, so they must be happy as well. Well, the, the, probably the most exciting thing out of the night, and I know there's a lot of numbers buffs who are just real into the numerology type stuff they might see on the bounce. That win gave Mazenot a percentage of exactly 1,000, 0.00, which is pretty much unheard of. So that's just uh, take a screenshot and frame that on your wall if, if, if you want because that's probably never going to happen again. Pretty that exciting. puts us top of the table. Top of the table, yep, look at, look in the goods. Um, funnily enough, second on the ladder, the old St. Bede's men turned Tigers, so we've just given them a clip in the 19s. Hopefully we can 
get the job done in the girls and just really grind them into the dirt over the coming weeks. Um, the other one, of course, was the women's reserves also getting the job done, 5-9-39 against Richmond Central, 2-4-16. Just clean sweep. And uh, good to see the podcast guest from last week, Blair Bunter, getting amongst the goals. Obviously, Alex, you can take that one to the bank that when you are back on the field, you'll bring some form with you from the podcast. Yeah, hopefully kick a couple. <laughs> a couple of yeah, fans a bag of five or six, isn't it? <laughs> Depending on how the boys go. Two's had a good win as well. I was speaking to the coach uh, after the game and she wasn't too pleased with the first half of the of the, of the game. Georgia Anderson, the coach, um, said she needed to give, you know, one of her famous rev-ups at halftime and, and got them going in the second half. I think, I think they carried a three or four point lead into the third quarter uh, or going into the last quarter, sorry, and uh, ended up piling on the goals and, and winning pretty nicely. Um, and, and the better players in that game, Bridie Charman, I think after retiring about six weeks ago, has decided to come back and just making her way through the twos and had the ball on a string. And then, uh, as you mentioned, Blair Bunter and Narelle Davis both kicked first goals uh, for the club after being at the club for a few years. So that was really good. Pretty, pretty um, exciting to get back into it. It looks like there's some pretty good depth in the girls' teams this year. I, I've heard, um, I heard a rumour that the, this, the coach herself, was Georgia, was going to actually put the boots on this week. What, what happened to that one? Yeah. Yeah, she was named, actually. I did, that's, a good, uh, that's a good point. Don't know. Yeah, she. I, I spoke. I actually went to her after the game and asked her about this, and she said she wasn't required. She she was at the ready, but didn't need Dropped to put the boots on. I think they played with twenty one. She was happy just that she backed themselves yeah. to play with one less, just to get the job done. She didn't need it. She was pretty comfortable that her coaching performance was going to take care of things, and she didn't need to worry about slotting a couple. It's the ultimate in sacrificial leadership when you just drop yourself just to send a message to the team. Yeah. I'd love to, but I'd I love think to see it's her a, out there one day. It's a dual, yeah. dual move because I think she gets the team up by saying she's going to play. So they're all, they're all during the week. There's a bit of atmosphere. There's a bit of energy. And then on the day she says, I'm not going to, and backs them into a court and says, you're going to play with 21. Go make it happen. <laughs> and they find another leg. She's playing chess when the rest of us are playing checkers, clearly. Obviously. Absolutely. And, and I've got... Oh, sorry, just before you move on, I just want to, because we talked at the top of the, the Nodcast about maybe putting the moz on some some people. I may have put the moz on uh, Alex's hammy. Uh, but Rob, you just got to be careful, mate, because you gave Julia Batoli a wrap-up about being a goal-kicking coach last week. And I've heard she's hit the post twice this week, two set oh, shots, right. one from about two metres out. So... On a, on a slight angle, but you've given her oh, the moss. Right. We just got to be a little bit careful, maybe, on the Nodcast about what we're, we're become saying. a Nodcast curse. Yeah, Nodcast curse. We don't well, want that well, to start going around. So, so, the Nodcast curse might be alive and well because we also gave a massive rap to Hannah Woods last week. You know, she didn't even play. So, don't know what's yeah, happening. And, and we'll get to it when we look at the... And we'll get to it when we look at the thirds, but I understand Ben Woods, after running a lap with the baby last week... May have had a, um, some residual issues with these lower legs, so we'll get to that. But yeah, there, there, there might be a curse at play here. 
Hopefully not yet. We'll we'll see how it goes. We'll make some big big calls and. Uh, but just to go back to Julia for one moment, I, I stand by her, and I know that she stands up in big moments. So I'm not too worried. Round two game when you're yeah. a few goals up, I don't think it's you know small fry for what she's used to that dealing with. She's only she, she's if she only ever kicked that one goal, it doesn't even matter. It's still the best goal she'll ever kick. Well, speaking of close finishes in big games, it was great to see the ones get on the board with a four-point win over Marcelin on the weekend. 12-9-81, Notters get the job done, 11-11-77 to Marcelin. Uh, pretty exciting finish. I think Marcelin kind of kicked the last one, so there was a little bit of little bit of a gap in it before they, they came late, but uh, it was pretty up and down all day, Rob. Yeah, it was a tense one. Um, it was a really good win away at Marcelin. Um, can't think of the last time we won out there, to be honest. Back in 2016 when we won the flag, we didn't win out there. We drew, so um, really good to get a win out there um and it was a it was a bit of a it was a tense game was very it was a feisty one there was a few people with the angry pills on both sides going at it um best personified by the the bash brothers the d'angelo boys they like to get the thick of it and they they definitely bring out the angry side in each other if one's amongst it the other one's not far behind so jackson and mitch d'angelo played really well but played angry and I understand. I, I didn't. I didn't spend too much time on the sideline this week, but I understand that um, Camelo was. He was fired up as well. Nick Pascuzzi and Matt Fewings, they were they were in the thick of it. So we played a really sort of small, fast forward line, um, and one sort of taller, older, slower um, <laughs> player. And Nick Pascuzzi <laughs> and Matt, uh, my, maybe myself. <laughs> yeah, re, reinventing myself as a centre forward this season. So. But having some very busy, buzzy, small, um, skillful players like Nick Biscuzzi, Matt Fewings, Jack Sullivan going to work um, on, the, on the loose ball coming in. Brad Kovac back into the forward line was really good. And then you had Jared Raffer took one of the, the great speckies I've seen in, in Vaffa football. It was, it was a big one. Yeah, Were you out of the showers the by that point, Diggs? Yeah, 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 his head hit the clouds, I'm pretty sure. And it was one of those dual elevation type speckies where he gets he gets up on the shoulders and then lift. propelled himself to another level. Bit of an Ash Sampy from the mid-2000s, if you can remember. And um, he, he took a really good mark. And, and more importantly, went back and slotted the goal. As we've seen over the years, it's disappointing when a player does their great aerial work and can't go back and finish the business. So that was really good. Tommy Riley's playing a really good role on the halfback flank. He slotted a really nice goal on the run from 50 that got us going. Um, but in the second quarter, we found ourselves sort of behind and, um, you know, a couple of goals down at halftime and really had to go to work in the midfield got challenged at halftime. Peter Banfield, the senior coach, he's a calm customer, but he, he challenged the, the midfielders to gain ascendancy in the second half, made a few adjustments with how we set up in there, and the boys really went to work and got it going for us in the third quarter. And it was a tight finish, but really, really important win. Also, um, the mob was up and about in full flight, very vocal. I understand that the VAFA have brought in a new rule where between during the first half of the senior game, drinks are being served. So there was a little bit, you could tell there's been an adjustment oh. to the, the crowd dynamic um, playing out there. Is that true, Diggs? 
I think the the mob was going to occur either way, Robbie. Um, there may have been a couple of beers beforehand, um, which always helps the the courage when you're yelling out. But <laughs> so it was yeah, definitely we'll beers we'll to yell out at a fullback kicking out. Does it, Deeds? Need a bit of liquid courage to just abuse a fullback over the fence while he's taking a kick. Well, out. the poor fullback uh, we we worked out was Tony Jones, Chompers. Son, oh, so no. he, he copped oh, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. we, we that, that doesn't get late. the mob up and about nothing, Will. Yeah. I was actually playing on this uh, poor young man. He's well, not too poor. He's he's six eight, and he's 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 son of um, Tony. So I'm sure he's got a bit of cash. But he, um, you could tell that he'd had a tough day at the office. Um, but the, the the mob we always rely on in those tight ones, and they definitely got us over the line. The other thing that I wanted to mention. Tubbsy, our man, we, we identified him early as someone that had pipes. really come, yeah, the pipes. He'd come back to the club looking looking big and strong and confident. He had another great game on the halfback flank. So he was named best of field by the Marcelin contingent. So he enjoyed his six-pack of Carlton drafts. He actually had to go to hospital after the game because he got clipped by Tom Warby's brand-new Puma boots. So... Um, little open up of the eyebrow. So he was off to hospital after the game, but he had his six pack and he shared them out. Something that Gus Patty might want to take note of that when you, when you get best on that, you can share them around to the players and, and not just put them seat belt them into your, your passenger seat and jump back in the, the chariot on the way home. So Gus, he didn't even play, did he? So was he just, was he filthy? Uh, he's, or he's not happy. And, and we had a, he obviously, we had someone write in during the week with a very interesting tip and we haven't yet been able to verify it, but we'll assume it's true. They work at the bottle shop at the Notting Hill hotel and reckon Gussie came in at about 6.45 last week, drive through, picked up a six pack, used a shopper docket voucher to try and get a discount on it. And then just popped them in the car and wandered into the knot. So Gus will be able to confirm whether that's true or not. But from what I hear, he's uh, he's not a happy man after round one. Interesting because that was the first thing that he asked me when I saw him on Saturday night after his wedding, bumped into him in, in Richmond and he didn't ask how he went. He said, how long did it take Marcelin to get the beers out for the best <laughs> on ground? So he was clearly unhappy with how long he had to wait out at Old Geelong. No good. Well, the, uh, we'll turn our attention to the future games a little bit later in the episode. But before we do, just one quick one on the seniors uh, Rob, as we mentioned at the outset, this week coming up, big game, you've got the 200th at home. Uh, it's been a pretty big career to date for you. Uh, 19s, a couple of years in the 19s, long season <laughs> career, captain, senior B and F in a premiership year. Um, obviously, your best moment would have been boundary umpiring my under-19s team, but secondary <laughs> to that, what would you probably rank up top of best football memories? Yeah, it also definitely look back on my nine games in under-19s, um, fondly playing with some mates that I didn't get to play with after that and um, guys that I went to school with. I suppose the highlight would be the, the 2016 season, um, culminating in the premiership, but it's definitely the people over the journey. I, I probably can think of three distinct um, groups of players that I've played with over the years. So, you know, the, the early days was a group that was a lot older than me, um, far more intimidating and um, but also really welcoming at the same time. And then the, the sort of middle years 
um, was a group of guys, really talented footballers that we played a lot of footy together with and had the disappointment of the 2013 grand final loss to Ivanhoe and then um, sort of backed up a couple of years later, winning 2016. And, and now a really young, exciting group where I'm on the other side of a lot of players that I coached at Mazenod and we're really looking forward to having a slightly different role in the team, but I'm playing with some guys that bring a lot of talent and, and energy. Pretty long journey for you. How's the how's the body feeling? You've got your sights on 300 still? or I've got my sights on playing one more game than whatever my older brother gets to. So he's, he's currently 50 games ahead of me, but he did start about four years ahead of me. So I'm slowly closing in. The last couple of years haven't been as kind to me. The body is starting to feel it a little bit more than it was. Um, the broken leg definitely put me back a little bit and, and the global pandemic didn't help either. But I'm, yeah, body's starting to feel, feel good and I'm excited for being back at home at Central um, to play with all the boys and getting back in front of our supporters. And I'm really fortunate that I get to play a milestone game at home. Just, uh, just real quickly, I've just got a text in from the, from the machine saying um, the 19s, the Blacks game, it's actually being swapped from 2 to 11.15. So hopefully all the boys can get around to, hopefully all the boys can get around to Central afterwards to come watch, come watch the big 200th game from, you know, for a senior skipper. So I'll definitely Thank be there news. now. Yeah, breaking. Oh, wow. So I'll definitely be there, and I hope hope the rest of them come down and watch it as well. Now that I've moved to the forward line, it could be a bit of a mob. I'm, I might try and have to wander myself a little bit deeper <laughs> oh. than I normally do. <laughs> might be one for the the weekly whispers, but I reckon there's a big chance Rob's written to the Vaffer to try and rent a crowd for his 200. Wouldn't have to rent a crowd. The Mazadon faithful are always there, and. Um, very happy to play in front of anyone, but yeah, I'm looking forward to being back at home. And the central deck is looking amazing. Driving past during the week, I'm really excited to be back there. So, all have to get through training this week and have to get selected. But um, if all things go well, looking forward to it. And of course, the other team returning to the home deck on the weekend is the Resies, who unfortunately didn't quite get the job done against Marcelin on the weekend, going down nine nine sixty three to twelve six seventy eight. An improved effort from the boys, Deeks. Yeah, we. Bit stiff not to get the the win really in the end. We probably were were a bit better than them, um, but bit fair, fairly big breeze uh, in the last quarter, which you sort of helped them get over the line, I guess, in the end. But we, uh, yes, because so we, we we actually had a two goal lead really at, at three quarter time, and then they kicked five goals in the last to run over the top then. Which is a bit disappointing, but we had a, we had a few standout players throughout the day and some really positive ball movement. And so Sid De Cruz had a had a quarter for the ages of, of a Resi's game. He kicked three and single handedly, you know, put us into a very strong position. Uh, going, so he, into he's last. kicked more goals than he's been to sessions this year. Uh, he's kicked three more goals than he's been to sessions. It, it seems <laughs> like. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, he had a rip. He just turned it on. Everything was falling into his lap. Um, and then we had Aiden Noon pop up. I don't think he was too happy about it come up, coming up from the threes um, to help us out. But came up and kicked two goals. Uh, did he was the happy old, about the snags. I can tell you the snags. Well, he, he's one of those. He's been watching Dustin Martin or someone too much because he was directly in front and he decided to to snap it through the goal. So no, did not learn that in the threes. Let me tell you. <laughs> we don't well, condone that sort of behaviour. Uh, Fab wouldn't be happy it. with that. 
I don't mind it. I don't mind the. I don't mind the snap. You know, whatever, whatever you feel comfortable with. To be honest with you, uh, especially being a Carlton supporter, watching Harry Mackay run around his body, it's um. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I'm not a huge, huge hater of it. To be honest with you, I know some. I know some Carlton supporters that are big fans of the Nodcast that have heart tremors every time that Harry Mackay runs around in the arc. So um, maybe you're a bit more of an optimist. Yeah, well, I was looking at it. He's, he misses he misses more set shots running in straight than what he does kicking around his body. So whatever you feel comfortable with, each to your own. And then we also had uh, from the resis, Shannon Ranatunga fill in and, and kick a really nice goal too. So he took his opportunity uh, playing in the twos. But yeah, so, some standout players, obviously, I mentioned Sid. Jezza Welsford, probably the most undersized ruckman you'll Big ever ledge. see. Big ledge. Big ledge <laughs> played in the ruck all day on on this guy who was just jumping over the top of him and you know actually played played wasn't getting the hit outs but played pretty well and and competed really hard so that was that was really good by and him. after his six year wrist injury it's it's holding up it how it got through it got through I didn't see any tape or anything on it so he did all right Eggs, you, you've been uh, pretty pretty quiet but you've just quietly amassed a best on and second best on in the first two games. Have you started preparing your BNF speech? <laughs> well, I've heard that I've heard that he spoke to Peter Banfield recently and said, I'm not ready to come up to the ones. I've still got two, three more weeks till I've shored up the BNF and then I'm ready to for selection into the firsts. <laughs> I think there's a bit of a just mind game, you know, letting uh or Shawnee's picking just different people each week just to confuse the opposition, I think that's the type of stuff that's going on there. <laughs> We're not picking that many different people because it's you every week at the top of the list. Unless yeah, well, I might, be helping him out. I might be helping him out with the the best players. Maybe I just stand. Maybe I've got <laughs> the red hand. I just stand out. You've got the. Have know. you got the purple boots or something? I've got the blue boots. Simon Hall fixed me up with some boots, so I've oh, never got the red hair and the blue boots. Mate, the I've never catches. gone a car. Rob, I didn't look, look like a Bunsen burner. It's the old blue on the inside <laughs> and red on the top. They're working at the moment, Robbie. I didn't didn't miss a target on the weekend from my three or four kicks that I had. So I've actually been fortunate enough to also have some boots be um, given to me by Simon Hall, purchased from Simon Hall, and they are a little bit out there. It's my first. My first attempt at going for the fluoro yellow boots. I might have to wait till after 200 um, to debut them. I was wearing them around the kitchen tonight to sort of wear them in a little bit. But Tom Warby's wearing bright yellow, um, and Simon Hall's also got a splash of blood on them now, don't they? As well, apparently. Yeah, there was blood seeping through them from both sides. So bit from Tubbsy uh, after he clipped him, and then bit from the inside. Apparently. Warbs blistered up quite badly. He wasn't happy. He wanted a <laughs> refund. He was. I saw him having a quiet word with Simon after the game, asking why they he'd blistered up like that. I reckon if those boots have Tubbsy's blood on them, I'd be washing them pretty quick because forensics might find some roids in those if they ever do a test based on what I'm hearing about the <laughs> bicep changes over the summer. Well, one more for you, Deegs, out of the out of the twos. Just your opening comments about the last quarter breeze. Was that just a veiled swipe at the captain? Uh, Lockie McKenna and his coin tossing abilities. Just somehow you guys go trailing in at quarter time, yet they come home with a with a ten goal breeze. Uh, oh, to, to be fair, the the last quarter, I don't know what happened. Someone turned a fan on. The breeze <laughs> just picked right up in that last quarter. The ball didn't leave uh, the back fifty. Um, but yeah, 
I don't want to pot Lockie too much. I had to go at his uh, speeches last week. So <laughs> would it be a bit more that you ran out of legs? Um, having observed the threes, and we'll get there. That that, that was an issue with um, getting through the game. Could it be an issue that some of the boys haven't had the preparations that may be required to run out four quarters? Because earlier in the game, you know, second quarter, you guys, the ball was pinging around, it looked really zippy. What in positive ball movement? Do you think conditioning could be at play here? I think conditioning is uh, a problem in all Resi's teams, I think, Rob. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're, we're battling. Oh, I, I know I was battling in the last quarter. Could barely, could barely get into a jog, let alone run. But Pickle yeah, juice, mate. The pickle. Well, I don't think. Only in away games. Don't, don't, don't you dare ruin Central. Um, well, then, the, the last game of the round, and we don't really want to talk about this so we can skim across it, but the... Oh, no, we got a, we got a deep dive here. This is an absolute <laughs> deep dive into the 250th. The, no, no, we don't need it. The threes just went to 0-2, unfortunately, to start the season, going down narrowly in a three-point loss to West Brunswick. Uh, final score there, West Brunswick 8-10-58, the Masnod 8-7-55. Disappointing way. We, we, we fought admirably, but it wasn't, it probably wasn't going in our favor in the last quarter, it's fair to say, with a few injuries. Um, we were, we were, it, it was basically like a scene from Saving Private Ryan on the bench there, midway through the last quarter. There was about 10 guys on stretchers, there was concussed guys, there was ice being deployed left, right, and up. We will get Alex. We'll get Alex to talk the boys through their rehab programs, maybe um, in a in a spin-off podcast. But being fortunate enough to be down there and watching the thirds for the first time in, in a little while, there to support obviously Steve's two fiftieth, and and I must say, uh, excellent individual performance. He almost carried the boys over the line with a four goal display from the wing and had it on a string, which was really good to see. But Steve who has um, self-described as someone that has never had soft tissue injuries in his career. <laughs> After going and having a session with him over Easter, um, and I did my usual 25 to 30-minute warm-up and um, all my mobilizing exercises, Steve's refused to and just kicked torps for 60 metres um, while he waited for me. I understand that he himself succumbed to the ageing body and had a groin issue on Thursday night training leading into the 250th. Is that correct? Yeah. had a, just a little tweak of the groin because I was late and skipped the warm up and just, just went straight into trying to top one from, from 70 is the first thing I did and just ping the groin a little, wasn't too bad, but then I, I really aggravated it sort of probably five minutes in on Saturday and kind of had to, play a game on one league, which wasn't, wasn't ideal, but um, so I'm not I was, exactly I was sure. one of the less injured guys. So it was probably worth being out there still. So obviously didn't hamper your impact on the, the team, but our father, John, he's someone that's not afraid of hyperbole, but his analysis was that Steve's groin was ripped off the bone somewhere <laughs> through the second quarter. <laughs> I'm not sure. He's definitely not a doctor, but. My understanding that it was quite a severe injury, but he played it out and was carried from the field. Is that correct? Uh, I was, they tried to carry me during the game because I did a double leg cramp, which which was just sort of, I had the groin and then I, I went for a spoil on the wing. And you know when you, and Deeds, you'd know this is a man that cramps. When you're already cramping and then you jump and both legs leave the ground, 
just somehow seizes up everything. So basically got carried off, had to do a quick stretch, got back on. But yeah, it wasn't, it, it, yeah, it was, it was a pretty flat way to finish the game. And as I said, there was genuinely, we've got Scotty V-Man who's re-aggravated a um, ACL injury, which doesn't look like a full one, but not a great situation. ACL? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's not a full torn. He's had a, he's had a, a partial tear. He's had a ACL reconstruction before where they did the, the Lars Fuse, you know, whatever it is, therapy. So he's potentially, it's not like a full season ender, but that's not a great one. And then the other vice captain, Damian McLeod, has done a Chelsea Randall and ruled himself out this week with concussion already. So um, He's played his yeah. whole career with concussion though. Oh, he's, yeah, exactly. And he's, he's yeah. He's, a, he's got the Owen Wilson nose. He's got all the battle scars. <laughs> yeah, he did. He literally, he ran some guy down in the middle of the ground, just pinned him cold, jumped up, sprinted to the bench, and then laid down on the ground. and <laughs> was like, I'll win this. <laughs> and then, so someone else just kind of picked the ball up and took the free kick. And then Mac is back up about two minutes later and he's running back onto the ground again. He's like, oh, I'm winning, I'm fine. Um, and then got to the end of the game and realised, yeah, he probably wasn't in the best way. And so he got himself checked out and he's uh, got a relatively severe concussion. So he'll be out for a bit. Um, ben and then Woods. we had about eight soft tissue injuries. Yeah, he's done. Done a hammy. Came into the game with a back injury from carrying his baby around the training track on Thursday. And then he's done some sort of hammy. He's I'll get him on my program. Yeah, we'll, we'll need we'll it. We'll be back we in two weeks. We've got about <laughs> six guys. Jamie Satraro is done. Um Sam Reed game but did a knee. Sammy Reed's done a calf. It was it was genuine. I'm not, like I'm not joking. It was like a, a war scene. It was, it was I, I happen to be dropping everywhere. I happen to be in the thirds group. I saw the post, I think, or yesterday from Tom DeYoung about who's who's available for this week. And you've gone from having 48 players to you're going to be short. I think <laughs> yeah, eight, so 18 or 19 players who have just ruled themselves out already. Yeah, it, it's it's not a it's not a great. Uh, indictment on the pre-season training regime that we've been taking the boys through, that we've been training for three months. And the first time there's a close game, we've lost half our players for injury. That's what happens when you, you've you only got one footy between 45 guys and you're spending half the time just standing there. Yeah, well, that's right. If uh, Pete Banfield, if you're listening, uh, wouldn't mind another footy or two down at the thirds. That'd be pretty bit handy for us in the warm Thanks, mate. Uh, but anyway, that's, that's enough about the third. So we go to 0-2, but uh, across the... The week, I think that's that's six wins for the for the for the club. So Panthers boys had another good showing on the weekend as well. So so moving on, uh, we've got as we talked about last week, one of the really really good functions coming up this week, the old beer pong. And I know Deeds. the old of, beer pong. It's it's the it's is pretty new. I'm very much looking forward to the event. Um, have you guys been hearing much about? I know, Rob, you talked about Aiden Moon's preparations last week. Have you guys been hearing much about who the early favourites look like, some of the formidable teams that are shaping up? Well, I've been pretty strategic with my partner selection this time around. Lockie Mann, um, he backs him. He's a very competitive person, as um, his older cousin will attest to. He has been practicing um, every day. He wanted he we were, we were talking about costumes the other day for our team, and he wanted to wear his um, Victorian state athletics outfit because he, he wanted to look like the champion that he said he is. Um, I've had to say that we can't do that because I don't have any apparel. But he is he's backed himself. He's 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 practicing. He's he's focused. Um, he's a bit of, sees himself as a bit of sharpshooter and. 
it's got very long levers. And I know to go deep in the tournament, having observed the last few years, that if you, you can lean over the table when the adjudicator is not looking. And um, now that Sam Deegan's not going to be there to throw his weight around when things get a little bit testy in the, in the finals, I think Lockie could do some damage. So um, I, I think Lockie and I could, you know, as long Lock, as Lockie's I... Lockie's a southpaw, isn't he? Left-hander? I think he's. I think he's both. I think he's. I think the ability to come round and over the wicket's going to be very handy. He was palming them both hands on the weekend in his first ruck performance of his career. Um, he's played all his footy on the wing and got moved into the ruck in the second half on the weekend. So he's backed himself to use dual hands. He reckons. Rob, you could also resort to the tactic that you used. Two years ago, you, you you eliminated my team uh, round one by you dressed up as the Salt Bay, Salt <laughs> Bays. <laughs> For those who don't know, it's just a he's just a social media icon who what does he do? He's a he owns a he sprinkles salt on on nice cuts of yeah. steak. Yeah, and and you who was your partner? Was it Jimmins? Jimmy, Jimmy Egan. Egan, yeah, Jimmy Egan, yeah. You rocked up with as the Salt Bays, and right before our game, you've come and poured heaps of salt out of your hands straight into our beers. So, uh, <laughs> and let me tell you, it absolutely ruined them. They were so hard to drink and, and it rattled. I think I was with Ben Riley maybe, and it rattled us. Um, and that's the only way you got that victory that night. So you can resort yeah. back to that tactic if you like. It's been, it, it was it, James and I did a great job. Um, and we went fairly deep into the tournament with the, the salt based strategy. Um, I've mixed things up this time going for with Lockie, um, new player down to the club, thought I'd get around him and um, work alongside my cousin. But definitely um, there's, a, there's a bit of creativity that goes into the beer pong. And so reflecting on some of the great functions that we've had over the years, I've, I've dug deep into the archives. I've, I've chatted to a few people that have made themselves known at some functions from the earliest years of the Mazenod um, footy club. And I've asked what functions have we had in the past, just to compare them to the, the more current installments that we have today. So I've been told that as early as nine, oh, 1991, Mazenod was able to pre-sale 500 tickets to the non-talent night to see some Reset. performers... Only, yeah, pre-sold, 500. That's the sort of numbers that would make Don Barker absolutely drool to see the performers from the footy club put on their talent. They used to have casino nights where they'd play blackjack and poker, which was completely illegal at the Crown time. And anchor. Crown and Anchor was big back in the day. That was just still hanging around when I first joined the club. I could see Rocket would have been loving that. He would have been cleaning up. He used, oh, always used to roll around with a thick, wide Rocket, so he would have been... Throwing the cash out. Apparently, they used to have a passport night. So they they'd different cuisines put on from um, players with diff- different cultural backgrounds, and then they would also perform a different cultural dance. So that- <laughs> <laughs> Sounded quite low key till that last bit. Yeah, I, 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 this is this is unbelievable sort of stuff that's getting unearthed as we we pull the curtain back on what actually happened. The Mazinon Footy Club in the the seventies and eighties. Apparently, they used to have a mid-year ball, so Springvale Town Hall. They'd have a massive get-together. Players and parents 
for the mid-season. It'd be something that I reckon um, the the current crop would definitely get around. Apparently, they used to have a father and son night, guest speakers and all the rest. Um, and I know in your time, the club, Steve, you would have seen some other functions that we've had. Big fan of the not a 19 discos that just cropped up over the years. So various different variations of them, but different generations. Some were great with them. Some were shocking. Yeah. There's been a few different takes on the, the not a disco. Uh, the, I remember the op shop formal. You'd be remember that Steve full moon party, playboy mansion party, the frat party last year. That was a, that was a hit. Um, also remember the can't believe you wore that party. Um, I may have met my partner at that one six years ago. So that, that, that one was memorable for me. And each of those, I think, have been lubricated by Nodded Juice. And then we've also had some other functions. I know that there's been um, Deegs introduced Nodfest. There's been the Bowls, um, the Barefoot Bowls Nights. There's been, the, uh, there's been a couple of installments of the Party Bus. Um, I know Deals Tills. 21st it was, was 21st that was yeah that was that was a i don't think it was an official function but the bus did leave from central reserve that was quite a night it was about 60 players made an appearance for that one if you've got a if you've got about a half a footy um ask deals about it he'll, he'll talk you through <laughs> step by step then you've I'll, got I'll tell you what was always my, my favorite as a young player particularly as a young senior player was the six thousand dollar day Six thousand. We're down to about fifteen hundred, aren't we? Yeah, back before back before Don Barker got his hands on the prize money and probably could invest it in. I don't know, grip goalpost padding. Yeah, but no, we that was that was the best one. It was a Sunday in August, and towards the end of the season, everyone had just come down. Basically, yeah, sixty dollar entry. I think it was would get you a ticket in the draw, free barbecue and free drinks for the day. It was always an enormous day. Some very there was some very dangerous. Stuff happened there. I remember they used to do a, you know, little activities outside closest to the pin and things like that. And then inside, everyone would just stack the empty cans up on the table into a giant pyramid. And, and a guy, I won't, I won't mention his name, but I think he was a, a former player at the club, decided to do a big running headfirst slide through the pyramid of cans on the top of one of the tables down in the bottom club rooms. And someone had put a couple of glass bottles in the middle he just shredded his mouth and it was there was ambulances there and there was several reconstructive surgeries and that it wasn't a great way to finish the day but yeah it was always a always a fantastic event and then obviously we've got you know mr mazanod was a was a club favorite for many years and rebranded more recently to m factor um so plenty of functions any stand out to you deeks being the most recent VP social. So you, you've you've had your you've had your pause over a few of these. Yeah, obviously the well, the first couple of years of the beer pong was huge. Uh, that was an absolute. Uh, you putting a moz on this mess. year's beer pong? No, nah, <laughs> I'm not putting a moz on it. I'm just saying that they they uh, trying to organise that didn't didn't expect it to be as big as it was, and trying to organise that week of was was a bit crazy. But that always ended in a good night and the first year almost ended in a big brawl <laughs> in the, in the grand final, which I uh, couldn't believe my ears when I was hearing that I had to maybe step in and just calm it, calm everyone down a bit. There was a bit of, um, there was a bit of Mazinod versus Salesian vibe. Salesian. Yeah. There was a couple of ring-ins um, just filling up some, some team numbers. Um, 
who managed to get all the way to the grand final against a couple of Masnod. One didn't they? <laughs> didn't the solution guys won? Yeah, yeah they, they won. Did, they yeah. won, and and rightly so. Best on yeah, the I'm night. Glad they did because they had a whole room cheering for the for the Masnod boys. So um, yeah, against the odds, good performance. Yeah. Very good. And then I also liked uh, the Woolamite races. That was a really good day. Everyone's pretty excited on the bus right on the way down there. And you, you know, hopefully the bus companies aren't listening, but you're, you're a bit respectful on the way there. And then the way back is just an absolute mess. It's a bit of a free-for-all. And, yeah. We, I think we, the, first, the, the first year we ended up back at Matt McClellan's, um, oh, the, the pool party. Yeah, the whole, yeah the, his family went away, and I don't think they know that they he hosted about 150 Masnod people back to his house. That so night. if you're tuning in, the McClellan family, <laughs> the, the, the secret's out. The secret's out. They've got rid of that house, so uh, which is a shame. But uh, yeah, that was a that was a great day, great night as well. If they repaired uh, the pool before they sold the place. <laughs> I think Steve Wilson jumped in with a uh, a big. What are they called? Big stereo radio boombox thing and drowned it. So that was a that would have been a little bit expensive for him. What else did we? What else was a good one, Rob? Oh, those early nineties discos were were pretty loose, probably too loose in the end. <laughs> well, and I think I think that's, that's always that started. Yeah. Your different times, like the, the different age you are at the club, you sort of gravitate towards different functions. So your early days, your nineteen. 19- under 19s discos, your your priority. That's where you probably do your best work. And as you get a little bit more senior, maybe the the Woolmy Race Day or the Barefoot Bowls is where you go to work a bit more. Um, but just going back to the buses for a moment, we've had a couple of different bus tours, and I remember a couple of years ago, back in 2015, there was a end of season bus tour. Um, Brennan Neal was pretty instrumental in organising that. We did a we did a tour through the Yarra Valley um, and yeah, big day, real big day, but real team bonder um, maybe set the platform for the 2016 grand final um, juggernaut. But yeah, those sort of days are definitely enjoyable. Alex, any, any of yours function favorites? Oh, I think you guys have actually said them all like the, the Walmart races. Obviously I'm only, only 20. So I didn't, didn't get to go too much of them especially missing out last year. So I only had one year of them, but the Walmart races was, was a real good, real good day. Uh, the beer pong last, last time I was there was real fun. Um, reverse raffle was always a hit, you know, um, unlimited beers for however many, however long you got there. That's always good fun. And it's always good watching your mate's ticket uh, get drawn out early. You just, yeah. you know, you're no chance of winning seeing the cash them, anymore. Seeing the deflated, the deflated look on their face when they when they hear their when they hear their number. Yeah, there was one year where um, oh, it would have been in the mid two thousands, and there was like eight tickets left, and five of them were owned by some sponsor that wasn't there. Someone had just you know chucked some money in and bought some tickets, and the the general, like the whole room was just behind any one of the other three people to get up. And every time one of these sponsor tickets comes out, everyone's just going absolutely berserk. And of course they get to the last couple and then that's when the wheeling and dealing starts and, you know, people are splitting cash and that's sort of thing. That's my and favorite part of the function. No one could get him on the phone because he's just, you know, just <laughs> yeah. not answering the phone. So he got left in there and then basically... It got he, he's he's like so. He said there's five left and he's got three tickets to go. They couldn't do any deals, so they just have to leave it. 
and it went bang, bang, bang. His three tickets went out. It was like it was most the place went nuts. It was like we won a premiership or something. My favorite part of the function of the reverse raffle is that moment where they they get together the final ten and they 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 put them all together and they go out to the back room and they you can see them as they're going off. There's there's this fluctuating between sheer panic and like sheer joy at the thought that they potentially that close to winning. And they all they all slink out and they all slink back in and they you can see that the games begin. There's a bit of negotiation. There's people trying to make alliances. I feel like it's a very interesting time um, to observe people at Mazinot Footy Club and see how they're trying to get an edge on players that they play with on a Saturday. Deeks, did you? Yeah, and well, just like just on that, there there was a few years in a row. I know that the the raffle, you know, sort of ended early because the final four or five decided to split the money up between them. But we had Blair Bunter on last week and we mentioned that she she won one year and I was hosting that night and I think they were down to five and, and she decided to go it alone, uh, which was which was pretty exciting. And so we well, kept drawing the, the tickets out. Yeah, heroic. And she got yeah, that was that was similar. Uh, all the girls were went absolutely nuts as well. So you just you um, want to see that you don't want the, you don't want the raffle after all night to. I know it's good for the yeah, people. Yeah, you just I mean, you, you want, want that you one want to person see that who's just one like, out. Nah, I'm not doing it. Yeah, yeah, you don't want the conglomerate. You don't want that the group to, to get together. Or you don't Robbie, want. You definitely don't want the conglomerate or whatever that is. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's it's great when that someone has the guts to go alone and they get the job done. I. I remember one of my first one of my first raffles. I think it was the first one. I remember Dills Tills putting up. I think he they, they auctioned off one ticket, and I remember Dills Tills oh, yeah. putting up a thousand thousand dollars to buy a ticket to win the prize worth however much. It yeah, was, the prize was eight hundred or something. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, to get himself back in. That's always that's always good to see people that. We definitely did. We definitely didn't ruin him like that. We made sure that he was going to be properly. I, I, I heard someone rang his accountant who did a mercy dash down to stop him from buying the tickets. But he was <laughs> going down the club. Was like, dealers, you can't do this." Yeah, Don Barker was and, sitting there trying to stop stop that phone call as well. Yeah, oh yeah, Don Barker was like, "Deals, got to pay double, and I'll give you half back at the end of the season." <laughs> The other function that I, 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 it was before my time, Steve, you might you might remember it. I understand that they used to have a race night where they would yeah, take a race that's already been run, great but night. they would change the names of the the horses and they would you know make give them Mazinod names, etc. And then they you'd bet on it on the night. Is that correct? Yeah, it was like a could have even been like a Thursday night, but it, it might have been a Saturday. It's hard to remember. It was only, I only caught the very tail end. <laughs> that's, that's the sort of detail that we give you here on this podcast. <laughs> it, was, it was definitely a weeknight or a weekend. I can promise you that. 15 um, to was, 20 years ago. Yeah, so, somewhere in the, this century. Uh, no, it, it was a fantastic night. So basically, no, it was they, definitely last century, I'm pretty sure. They, they had a few races because I remember there was like a 19s race and there was a seniors race and there was all these different ones. And they would re-commentate the races. So you'd bet on all the horses, didn't know anything about them. And then they'd re-commentate it using the names of the actual, you know, the footy players and whatever. And yeah, it was it was a great night. You could bet on it, you could win, highly enjoyable. And I I reckon that's definitely a, a function that would probably um, the current group would gravitate towards. My only thought was that I've got a feeling that there's probably a few players 
in the ranks that would be able to recognize the horses, even without the saddle cloths and even without the names in the form guide. Um, you know, someone like a Chrissy Campbell comes to mind, Deegs, as someone that might be able to clean up on a night like that if we had that function again. I don't, I don't want to ruin. I don't want to ruin his his secret, but I'm pretty sure half time of the senior games, he's checking his tips to see the, oh, the no. first. No. Right. <laughs> oh no! Oh, no Collingwood's crap. gone through enough issues for accessing yeah. their phones during the week. He hasn't got a deal with Phil Ryan, does he? Where he just has a quick check of the phone out of the valuables bag. He can't. No, surely not. Well, he might have to do the. Old, I remember playing um when we played Bo Morris a few years ago and Stevie Milne was playing and he every time the ball went up the other end he ran over to his mate who was standing on the boundary line and you know they were watching the races and and he was putting bets on for him so <laughs> which was <laughs> and yeah, i think we were about 10 before. goals down at half time that day so yeah. he was obviously pretty confident and he'd already kicked an absolute ripper as well so he, he was he was happy with his work but chrissy campbell may have to get get something going like that franny paleski is another one who would who'll recognize straight away and even if he did a, uh, you know, renamed them all, he'll still be trying to do the form. <laughs> well, and he'd, he'd be the person probably to organise it. So we might have to get um, Alex to ask his older brother. Might maybe. Uh, I'm sure. He'd, I'm sure he'd love a day like that. He's one to love the ponies. I can. I can promise you that much. D- did make for a good function, boys. Let's move along. The weekly whispers. Plenty going on down at the club this week. You guys, as always, have your ears to the ground. Alex, um, I'm sure there's plenty going on down at 19's land. Have you got any whispers for us? Yeah, I've got, I got a couple, actually. One's not, one might not necessarily be 19's, but so. Um, the first one, it, it is the, the, the arrogance you talk about, the, the, the Blues. Apparently, you know, they're 60 points up, and they're celebrating like they've won the game with a kick after the siren with most of the goals they they're kicking, especially um especially oh. Jake Caspers. He's apparently loves loves it when the when he sees the footy sail through the goals. He's and, not going um, the he's not going the double cobras, is he? Oh, oh, unfortunately, I wasn't there to see. I've heard, as I said, it's a, it's a whisper I've heard where he's just he's real happy to see the ball sail through. Round um, through halfway through the third quarter, and you're carrying on like you've won a premiership. It's 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 what oh, we love yeah, to hear like here it. on the podcast. Yeah. I like the arrogance. Go for it. And uh, the other one I've heard was um, apparently it happened Thursday night at training. I thought it was um, I thought it was a little funny. Uh, my younger brother's come up to me and he goes, oh, "You'll never believe what Rob Mann just said to me." I go, what's that? He goes, "Well, if you don't know, Nicholas is um, Nicholas has grown out a beard for the holidays." Rob Mann goes, "Oh, make sure make sure you shave that one off before Tuesday morning and come back to school." Oh, so, a little bit of the coordinator coming out. I don't know if there's time oh, for that. No, you talk coordinator laying down the law at footy tank. Surely not. <laughs> I reckon that's more jealousy than anything because Rob <laughs> tries to go into the bump up, but yeah. <laughs> my, the, the only <laughs> problem with my facial hair, Deeks, is I look a little bit more like you when as it gets longer. I've got a bit of an orange hue that comes through. So um yeah, I'm, I shouldn't probably cross the uh, the line between um, work and footy, so I might have to... Might have to <laughs> that, that, that one's true. That's confirmed, is it, Rob? Uh, I don't know who Nick is, actually, So, um, but I'll, I'll take his word for it. <laughs> oh, oh, you know a lot about my brother. <laughs> I suppose the other whisper that I can confirm, and I, I, I wouldn't be a balanced journalist or nodcaster if I, I wasn't honest about this one, um, I got absolutely flushed with a Falcon a training on uh, last Wednesday night. So 
Jack Sullivan, who's usually a, a very silky user of the football, kicked an absolute floater in my direction, and I, I misjudged it and 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 absolutely sconed me. Um, and Sam Michael, who I must say was pretty unhappy with the tiny pedals um, comment last week, was very quick to come over to me and uh, remind me that this is something that I should probably mention in the, the podcast. So, um, Sammy, great game on the weekend, mate, but um, leave me to breaking the stories and deciding what should be on this uh, platform. But the other whisper that um, I observed, and I, th- I'm, I'm, I, I, can, I can come and say that this is more than a whisper. I'm, I'm 100% certain this happened. We um, made our way down to the snake pit on Saturday night to watch the, the, the women's game and great turnout, as we were saying earlier, to, to watch the girls have a great win. Um, James Egan, as an odd long-time player, was down watching the Nodders um, on Saturday night. He lives in lives not far from the ground. And he came down and he was very quick to tell us that he used to play at um, the Central. And so he proceeded to take me into the rooms and a, and a few other boys or anyone that was in the, in the vicinity <laughs> um, and, and start to step us through the honour board. And he quickly directed his way to... Um, a photo that was, you know, sort of um, immortalized in the middle of the club rooms. And Jimmy was um, front and center, arms locked with all the other boys, his, his former teammates in the, the Richmond um, central jumper. So I asked Jimmy, I said, you know, oh, which premiership's this from? You know, when did you win the flag? And his response was, Oh no, we didn't win. That was a, we, we, we lost the granny, but <laughs> we were pretty happy with everyone about it. So, <laughs> I could not believe that a footy club, their cent- the centerpiece of their club rooms is a, a team that didn't win the premiership. They, they went down by about 10 goals um, in division three. So um, yeah, that, that's my whisper of the week. I'm not sure. Were you, were you around Diggs? Did you, can you confirm that? I did. I did. Uh, I did witness that. I, I witnessed Benny Riley trying to take the, the piss out of him a little bit as well by just sending him a random sort of a, uh, fat guy that we found on the wall and Jim has replied in a flash with this photo of him in, uh, I think he's trying to handball or something and he, the pipes on him oh talk know, about the pipes the, 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 yeah. I reckon Tubbsy would be even jealous they, he yeah. had some he had some huge pythons back in the he's early, obviously got uh, that 2010s yeah he's obviously got but, that photo saved very handy just to whip out whenever he needs because that yeah. came back well, as fast if you guys were asking me about that on the weekend and and I, I had to do a bit of research where he keeps that photo. Apparently, it's his LinkedIn display yeah, pic. Yeah, doesn't surprise me. <laughs> he works in sales, doesn't he? It's just yeah. I'm shouting himself the whole time. Um, I, I've got I got one for you, and um, I mentioned earlier that the threes went to zero and two. So at that point in the season, you've got some decisions to make. You can either kind of roll over and die, or you can do what we do, and you really double down on having a tilted a premiership. So we've been recruiting and. We've uh, we've managed to lure scripting a- more like it after what <laughs> happened. Well, yeah, yeah, true, true. But we've um, we've managed to shore up our defence with a couple of big name signings during the week. So the first one, I don't know if this is too common at thirds level football, but we're flying in our former fullback from Sydney, Ryan Kay, is going to come down and play for us on the weekend, just because <laughs> we really need him. We really miss him. Uh, and the general. second one, we've just we've just signed the the former C-grade fullback of the year in the team of the year, very stiff to miss out on the Mazenod team of the decade, Crook Oldman, who's just going to be making a big debut this week. 
We yeah, I saw Chook last week as some of the best pipes that the club's seen out on the training track. And he was back there Thursday night with him on full display. And I'll tell you what, they have not lost uh, not lost anything there. They're looking as good as ever. Uh, but Chooker, for me, he's not always been known for his pipes. It's, it's been more the pistons. It's been more the pins um, that Chooker's been uh, relying on all these years. So, um, But I, I, I had to have a double take. I saw... I saw the old canary jumper. So the yellow, it's a very old yellow training jumper that used to be handed out for the the senior squad back in the Ben Robinson days. So 2008, 2007, um, if you're in the senior squad, you used to get this yellow jersey. And one of the team rules was you had to put it back um, at the end of the session. If they weren't all there on a Tuesday, the team would run laps. Chuck has still got his hands on one. And he was wearing it at training on Thursday night um, with the thirds. Um, and he was he was sporting what he likes to call a Nick Tommins. So he's gone real <laughs> short on top, um, skin skin short, and um, looking quite different from the, the the blonde spiky setup he used to roll. But more of a Kevin Bacon he he used to play with. But now he's he's gone the Nick Tommins. So it was good to see Steve Oldman Chooker, as he's affectionately known back at the club. Chooker as well. I, I want to know Steve. Can you can you report back to us next week? If he brings out any of his famous on the mark tactics that he that he used to run with back in the day, because when I was doing the scoreboard and run the boundary as a you know 13, 14 year old, uh, and seeing some of the shenanigans that he got up to on the mark, uh, the Katy Perry was always he was a big fan of that one where he'd sort of he'd, he'd sing while he was on the mark. The the schmother, as he likes to call it, was when he got down on one knee and began to propose to uh, the player kicking for goal against Rupert's Wood to win the game and that jumped was, yeah. up and, and that, smothered let, let, Let's not skim over that one because Mazinod were – was it scores level? Scores were level. With, no, they uh, – No, it was scores no, level. They were having a shot to win the game. It was because oh, Correct, Cregan. correct. Yep. Scores were level. They're having a shot to win the game with about 20 seconds to go, not too far out, and Chooks on the mark. And the guy goes back and as he's walking in the kick, Chooks down on one knee doing a proposal – and as he as he's about to kick it, Chook jumps up and smothers the ball. The guy completely lost his bearings of distance. Ball gets cleared, goes down the other end. Mick Regan takes a mark and goes back and kicks a point. After the siren or on the siren? After the siren, yeah. Down at Rupert's Wood. Talking about bus rides like earlier in the, the, the podcast, um, that was one of the all-time great trips back on the bus, back from Rupert's Wood out in Sunbury. Boys definitely celebrated that night. Back in... 2010, I believe. We might have to do a segment one day on on Chooker's best on the mark uh, <laughs> tactics because, man, they were funny. And I tried to replicate a few of them, you know, my junior game on the Sunday, but <laughs> didn't really have the the balls to do some of the stuff he was doing. I remember him. Uh, <laughs> remember when planking was the was the craze, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just lying face down on the ground in a senior game as someone running in to kick a goal. She <laughs> did not. He did, and and I'm a little teapot. He sung as well, so he's certainly given us good memories. Looking forward to getting him back this week. Big weekend of matchups coming this week. We move back to Central Reserve training tomorrow night, uh, which is fantastic to finally get back down at the home of the Notters. Um, and then, of course, this week, big week of action. So, kicking us off, you've got the Under 19 Div One, the Blues coming up against Fitzroy Footy Club. That's at Central at nine twenty. Uh, the Resies then come up against Old Ivanhoe and the Seniors and against Old Ivanhoe 
rounding out the day at Central, which should be a, a really big day there. Um, we've got the uh, women's reserves playing Aquinas um, at 9.40 and then the women's uh, seniors playing Aquinas out at Manson Reserve at 11.40. We've got the thirds playing down at Melbourne High School looking to get our first win of the year at 11.40. And then you've got the, well, I was about to say we've got the 19s Blacks at 2pm, but as uh, Alex has broken the big story for us earlier, the 19s Blacks actually playing at 11.40 coming up against uh, Ormond down at EE Gun Reserve. Looking forward to that one as well. So postage stamp week of footy. Yeah, very small ground out there. Should be, should be, should, I don't know if it'll suit the 19s Blacks. Will it suit you guys, Alex? Small ground? Uh, less running on a smaller yeah. ground usually. So that, that, might, that might, that might help them a lot. So oh, hopefully, okay. um, hopefully we can get, <laughs> hopefully we can get some water. Hopefully we can get some water out in the ground this time. Plenty of pickle juice running around EE Gun Reserve this week. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're looking forward to it. And we might leave it there, boys. Uh, thanks, as always, for tonight. Alex, thanks very much for joining us on the pod. Good luck with the recovery of the hammy. Hopefully you're able to get it all sorted as quickly as you did last time within a couple of days. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, maybe maybe I've learnt my lesson. I'll sit out a couple more, a couple more weeks this time. Very good. And any final parting words for Deeks? Uh, look, I might, I might leave it there. I've seen. Uh, yeah, I think. I think. I think. I've had enough of him today. So we'll leave it at that. <laughs> I'll, I'll be looking out for your training, mate. When you when you run back out there, I'll I'll, uh, I'll avoid you at all costs. Thanks, Diggs, uh, thanks, as always, and uh, good luck, Rob, for the big two hundred this week. Thank you. Looking forward to it. It's going to be exciting and um, keen to get back out at Central, home crowd, and um, another big win against Ivanhoe.